2: Now, in a very different Ireland 12 years ago, on her 17th birthday, Amy Dunn, who was expecting her first baby, went for a scan, only to be told that her daughter would not survive after birth. Wanting to travel to the UK for an abortion, Amy couldn't, legally at the time, and had to take on the might of the Irish state in a case known as the Miss D case. Her story will feature tonight in a new series on TG Car called Finney, and Amy is with me on Late Lunch this afternoon. You're so welcome to the show.
3: Thank you for having me, Derek. Not
2: at all. You're welcome back. Of course, you were with us here before. I was. Uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, for the dip in the nip. And congratulations Thank to you, you. very much. On d- uh, taking part yeah. and raising so much money for a wonderful cause. My oh my, did you ever expect that you'd be thrust into the media spectacle like you have been these last 24, 48 hours?
3: Um, No, I'm actually very overwhelmed at the moment. I haven't been able to sleep. It's quite intense for me right now.
2: I can only imagine. And you've been busy today and yesterday, I know. And I want to say again how grateful I am that you've come to us here on uh, Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Let's go back 12 years ago. A very different Ireland, as I said. You were 17 years of age and you're expecting your first baby. That scan I mentioned, how many weeks was it when you went for that scan?
3: I was spot on four months when I went for my scan, hoping to find out the sex of the baby the day of my actual 17th birthday. It's a day I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I was excited going down to the hospital with my boyfriend at the time, just expecting to find out whether it was a boy or a girl. Um, did not expect the outcome which changed my whole life
2: You found out it was a girl Yes
3: I I did Yeah Do you know I actually can't tell you if I found out it was a girl at that moment I'm sure I did mm. But that, that was kind of taken over by what else I'd found out What did they say to you? It was a young nurse and she looked troubled as she looked at the scan. I remember lying on the bed and it seemed quite extreme. She said there was issues with the head and that she needed to go and get a doctor in to speak to me and to have a look at the scan for a second opinion. To be honest, in that moment, I remember being much of a blur as I went into panic mode, as I do. And I remember leaving without all the information in a panic to run home and tell everybody what was wrong. But when I got there, there was people there because it was my birthday and they had gifts and stuff for me and baby baskets. And everyone thought I was exaggerating, as I can do sometimes. So both our parents went down to the hospital to find out and actually confirm that Jasmine did have anencephaly and it was as extreme as I said it was.
2: What option t- did they say to you back then you had? What w- Were you given advice, counselling, what happened then?
3: Nothing. I was just told my child had anencephaly and she was not going to survive outside of the womb, to which I took it into my own hands straight away and started researching anencephaly, which is... Um, something I do not recommend anybody to go and do after listening to this it's it's not a pretty sight and it scared the living daylights out of me so straight away after figuring out what Ann and Kefley was I immediately decided I was having an abortion there was no advice much given to me at the time everyone was distraught and upset but I'm a stubborn girl, I made a decision and I was going with it And I went to the social workers looking for support as I was in a difficult situation at the time and they were meant to be there for me and look after me. So I thought that was the the best thing to do. Um, And it backfired tremendously on me.
2: Had you not gone near the social worker? Because I know you've written about this and it's been written about you. The social worker said you can't have an abortion. You, You can't go to England for an abortion. They
3: said I'd be done for murder. And anyone who went with me would be an accomplice to murder. So that was a very extreme statement to make. And the passport office had been notified and the Garda station had been notified as well. So being a 17 year old young girl, you take what an adult tells you in authority. And that's what I believed would happen. I'd be done for murder. I believed I had no choice and I was stuck and I was I was petrified.
2: It's hard to get your head round that today, isn't it? To think that as a 17-year-old, this scenario would be put to you. What about your mum and and, and her view on it or those close to you? What what did they say to you?
3: She wanted what was best for her child. She obviously wanted me to have an abortion too for... Because that's what I wanted. She was trying to support me. But at that time, the social workers got very dirty and involved and they pulled myself and my mum away from each other. With all the stories they were putting in the papers and the news, it looked as if I had said things I had never said about my mum, which is what has scared us and what caused me a lot of heartache at that time. So I was losing support because they were tearing us away from each other.
2: And do you believe that was on purpose? That was a, a ploy?
3: Oh, yeah, of course, because they wanted to pull anyone away from me that had any rights over me. They wanted me to believe that I hadn't got the right frame of mind to even make my own decisions. So they wanted to control me and nobody else. That was their fight, is that they had control over me, even though I was voluntarily put into into care. Um, they shamed me for so many years over. It. And the way I see it is, is and I'm so angry about this, if I hadn't have gone to the social workers and I had a just gone, if I have just gone, don't go to England, I wouldn't be anywhere like this today. I, I would have had an abortion. I would have had a few, you know, what ifs afterwards and gotten on my life. But instead, because they got involved, I ended up in a high court. I ended up in the papers, the news, the Wikipedia. I ended up with memories. I have a child. I have a grave. I've, I've got this over me for the rest of my entire life, which they tried to say that my trauma from my childhood was before they got involved. My trauma was private. When you make something public, it becomes a million times worse and extreme. And as a 17-year-old girl, to put my personal life all over the six o'clock news destroyed me. It, It destroyed me. I was so embarrassed. That is a detrimental time in your life. The question's on my notes here to ask you that.
2: Why didn't you just go and not say a thing? And you could have done that and th- the last 12 years you wouldn't have had what you've had.
3: I guess I'm I'm this kind of righteous person and I thought I was going to be allowed to go because I thought I needed to go and I deserved to go so I'm going to go and I'm going to let them know I'm going to go. Whereas if I go back, I do wish I hadn't have told them but sure... I was only turned 17. I had no clue what was going on. And you thought... And the, I spoke before I thought. Yes, you which thought I still the do.
2: state would, in a way, take care of me. Of you, course. Which, because the constitution says we cherish all. Here's the thing. Did you go to the paper? How did it get into the media in the first place? Well, I
3: how... cannot tell you how that happened. I remember being on a phone to a solicitor getting advice. And all I remember is if, as if you close your eyes and you wake up and you're in a high court I suppose it got that far because it was a high court case and it was about abortion. So that's where it became interesting to the media and a lot of people TDs and everything were through elections and they started using me as a football, you know, to to gain votes or whichever way they were doing and it actually became a public debate of of that and it wasn't actually about my my health mm. or what was good for me at that time. Yes. That's what took over.
2: Yes you became that political footballer yes. and and that is so right and Boy were you kicked about and you know not even named Miss D wearing the paper and you're in the middle of carrying a child you're 17 years of age I'm struggling
3: with where I'm living I'm struggling with feeling ill I'm struggling with family struggles Um, I didn't have anybody at the end of any day ask me was I okay with what was going on I didn't even understand what would be going on in the courtroom I'd put myself through all day every day sitting in a high court at 17 looking at everyone in wigs and gowns and at the end of the day I'd actually have to ask somebody to explain to me in English what were we talking about in there even though the whole thing was by me I hadn't a clue what was going on.
2: How long did that process take because in in the heel of the hunt the High Court said to you you can go.
3: It took a lot of time to be honest which it feels like it took months but only took days. It, it was such an intense journey that I went on. I I couldn't even tell you even though I should know if it was two weeks or three weeks in court. I think it was around two weeks of court. We did court on Saturdays. We did, do you know what, even as well, like judges couldn't even give answers. They footballed me from court to court to throw the problem onto somebody else at that time as well. No one wanted to be the one to let me go mm-hmm. and then it became a different fight for like you know the fight to travel rather, rather instead of the fight for abortion yes excuse me because mm. I'm a bit shaken at the moment.
2: I, I understand I understand so you get the green light ultimately from the yeah. high court to say you can travel
3: yeah yeah
2: and then you have to head to Liverpool
3: yeah and before you go to Liverpool you have to like this sounds like a Nearly like a grocery list, like you kind of have a card, and I needed to pick which procedure I needed to have done. And halfway through the court case, I decided I did not want an abortion anymore because I researched that too. And I realized that was not a dignified way for me to handle my personal case with Jasmine. I wanted to deliver her, and hopefully, in my naive young age, I thought that maybe she'd take a breath, and you know, that was important to me.
2: Mm. But you do go to Liverpool.
3: I did. I went to Liverpool to be induced as they would not carry out that over here. In saying that, maybe if I'd have said I was suicidal as well at the very start of the case, I would have won and everything could have been different, but I did not want to lie. It was a very big statement to make. So I went over to Liverpool on a Monday and I stayed there till a Friday morning. Um, which I was alone as well which made it a lot more harder if I had been in Ireland I would have gotten support through more family and counselling services and doctors over there nobody knew who I was I went in I was a patient the ladies were lovely they treat me with compassion and I did not feel embarrassed or ashamed while I was there but it was a very hard journey to make at 17 years of age also having to decide what way your coffin comes back do you let them do tests on her do you let them do this that and the other what size coffin and the crucifix doesn't fit. The funeral, day, her flying on the plane on her own, leaving her in the hospital on her own. I was dragged out of the hospital. I, I would, wouldn't leave her. I was leaving my child in another country on her own. It was a very traumatic experience. And the fact that I wasn't in Ireland meant that I never got to see my baby's face and no one can ever undo that for me, that's it for life now. I can't I remember there would be times where I wanted to go and dig up her grave in moments of madness at night time. And that is a true statement because I just wanted to see what she would look like. Amy,
2: you've said to me that not seeing her face pains you deeply till this day. You have a memory box though, don't you have Jasmine's? I
3: do. I have a memory box and it has um dresses that I received from the hospital in Liverpool off old ladies that knitted on I have her hospital band which would usually go around your your wrist went around her torso and I have photographs that I will have forever of her as well.
2: When you come back you're still only 17 and you have to live with this in the, in the short term but you know something when you sit here today 12 years on and look back at the 17 year old Amy Dunn
3: it's surreal. I actually can't believe and I'm so proud of that young girl at the age of 17 where a general girl can barely make a slice of toast that I was able to go and make all them decisions and that I survived it because I don't think at this age I'd be able to do what I did when I was 17 and I, um, looking back at myself, I was so courageous and I'm amazed that I, I did it and I went through with it and I'm still here today and if anything, I'm so strong because of it.
2: Does it still haunt you at times to think of what happened and you ask the question why me why was jasmine cast this
3: absolutely all the time, like I don't say it every day that I'm like thinking of it and getting depressed, like I'm a very strong person and I keep going, but it always comes back. It could be a few days, a few weeks, a few months. You know, I even think in the last year I've avoided going to her grave and I can't tell you why that is because I have gifts in the boot for her grave and I just can't seem to bring myself up. I'm going through something at the moment and I hope I'm starting to go through a healing process through all the support I've received off people. But it, it's been very hard
2: You didn't hang around, may I say, either, because (laughs) if I say Irish twins,
3: people will know what I'm talking about. But little Adam arrived. (laughs) He did. He did. Um, I mean, in the space of a year, I had another child, which was very confusing, even for the hospital. Actually, even mentioning that now, I remember they used to get the records messed up messed up when I used to go to the hospital because it was so close in time and I was well looked after when I was pregnant on Adam by the doctors and I think that everything happens for a reason and if I hadn't had Adam I wouldn't be the strong woman I am today he has been my angel in disguise throughout these years and has made me such a strong strong person I thrive and survive for him so it
2: was the right thing at that point in time for you to do.
3: Of course. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's so silly to plan to have a child at such a young age. That's what I decided to do with my life. But moving on and having Adam, Adam was meant to come to me. And that was it. I was meant to have Adam. He was young. And people may say you're way too young to have a child. But that was my path. And that's worked for me. And I love my life with Adam. I do get the occasional times where I get upset and I go and I wallow in self-pity and I look through Jasmine's things and I do get depressed and I do look at Adam sometimes as he's 11 and she would be 12 and I do wonder if I put a wig on him is that what she looks like? Try to envision her and you know things like that but then you have to move on and keep going and being a mum.
2: How did you feel last May when the Eighth Amendment referendum was held?
3: I only wish it could have happened before my time um, obviously it's absolutely amazing and I'm glad we're coming to that place now. I still don't think we're really, really there yet. There's a lot of, you know, things that aren't happening with the repeal after going through. But I am so glad now that we are not shamed women, that we're being recognised and we're being listened to, which is about time. I can't believe we even going back to 12 years ago, we lived in such a dark ages where it wasn't talked about. And I think everyone should be schooled about abortion because... It's something that's going to come more forward in people's lives. There are so many different situations that are coming in this world with illnesses. um, And there is, you know, people sometimes need to choose that abortion to save their lives to keep their children having a mother. So, you know, like, this is good and it's only going to get better. And I hope all the women speaking out, we can all come together. And as well, I really wish there was no men involved in taking part in the decision for this. Because I really think that it's a, only a pregnant woman can tell you how it feels to be in that situation. You really believe that, that it's really a, a woman's I do. Issue? No, it obviously affects men. Mm. It, affects, it affects the father of the child as well. Yes. But I don't think a, a man making decisions on the law... Should be ignorantly deciding what happens to our lives. You know, like I could have been suicidal and killed myself. Now I didn't, but I'm sure there's plenty of girls out there for their own different personal reasons that need to make these decisions. And I think the exclusion of the pro lifes outside hospitals should be legally done. It's ridiculous.
2: Message coming in there to us today. Keep them coming. 086 1800 658. Amy, I'm so sorry this country treated you so cruelly. You are so brave and I'm so glad to know your name. That comes in from Angela to you this afternoon there. Just a little message. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I'm
3: so emotional today. And I have to say as well, like I've lived with the shame of this for like so many years. that everyone's supporting me now. I, it's like, I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> I can't believe people are supportive of it. There's so many of us out there and I've been ashamed of this for 12 years and now I'm getting support like I'm amazing and I'm just, thank you to, to people who are being support because you're making me feel strong.
2: God, I'm going to start crying myself <laughs> here, I have to tell you, because... You couldn't but be deeply affected by what you've just told us today and how... Sorry. No, you're all right. You're all right. You're all right. Look, this is just... What can I say to you? I can just reiterate what's been said there as well, that what you've gone through for all this time, the way you were anonymous at 17 years of age, the way you had to battle... All the way, you know, Yeah. against the might of the state.
3: Yeah, a bunch of a-holes, <laughs> in a sense. They, they did wreck my life in so many ways inside, but at the same time, I'm such a strong person. And now with this documentary coming out, I have to thank them so much because they've helped me see myself as a strong woman, not a woman to be ashamed of what I did, which I have been so deeply ashamed of my life. And now I'm proud. I'm so proud. And thank you to them for that as well.
2: It's uh, a difficult time for you at this time and it brings back so many memories and it uh, churns it up again. And we think of your little girl today and the decision you had to make then as well. Will you find closure? Do you, do you believe that with this, with the airing tonight of the documentary on T.G. Cahar and you doing all the media work you're doing at the moment, you're back in the papers and everything again? Can you close this book?
3: I have an overwhelming sense of closure coming to me. I can feel it. And I think that's even the tears that are coming as well as that. I am finally, after getting to speak out and talk about what really happened, I'm changing Google searches from an appalling titles to Survivor of Amy, that I'm strong. And this is going to help me move forward with pride and love and no more shame.
2: Vera's been on to say I... Bet my bottom dollar, Jerry, that if it had been a government minister's uh, daughter or relative who was pregnant at 17 and faced such a scenario, they would have gone to the UK. Thank you for that comment there. Um, uh, what an amazing lady, Jerry, you have on the show with you today. Wonderful mother. Stay strong, Amy. <laughs> Thank you so much. And the comments are coming in flying there as we speak. I want to remind listeners that uh, the documentary, Finney, it's a new series of true stories. Uh, Well done to TG Carr. It airs tonight at half past nine. If you want to see what this lady is all about, you can hear her. And if it hasn't touched today on the show, I have to say, what will? You're fantastic. You're strong. You've done country a great service.
3: I hope so. Thank you.
2: Amy, thank you for joining me on the show today, Amy Dunn.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.